0: Hello and welcome to Gutshot, home of the hottest takes for Magic: The Gathering. I'm Will, and joining me, as always, is my boy Frederick.
1: What's up? I'm Fred on Twitch at War Crimes Uwu, and welcome to Gutshot, the MTG podcast that only made the cut into your draft deck because it cycles.
0: <laughs> Man, that's um, that's not good praise for us, is
1: it? Is is that good? Do we do we want to be that? I don't know. I I I uh, there there have been some really good uncommons with cycling and limited before.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um oh okay. I'll I'll take it. I I think that that's a good praise. We got to take all the good praise we can get especially at this point in our podcasting careers. Hey Fred, how's it going? How are you doing today?
1: Uh pretty pretty all right. Uh had some ups and downs, but I'm excited to record today.
0: Yeah, for sure. I Think it'll be a good. One. Yeah, I'm a bit Embarrassed to say this, but I got my flu shot this morning. uh, Very late in the season. Uh, uh, I don't think it's advisable to wait this long, but you know, I had you know school starting up, uh, you know, spring semester, so I wanted to go ahead and make sure I was safe and not uh, uh, doing anything crazy. You know, get your flu shot. So uh, my right arm. It's feeling a little sore. So if I, if you hear me like over here making like some sort of God awful noise during our, you know, very important <laughs> audio podcast, it's me flailing my right arm, uh, to make sure it's not, uh,
1: not bothering me as we talk about this very important magic topic. Indeed. good. <laughs> Thanks for the heads up. Um, yeah, I have not gotten my flu shot, I guess just cause. Like, I, if, if, if the flu shots are being given out at the same place as COVID is being tested, probably a lot of people with COVID are going into those areas. So it just kind of skeeves me out. I've been thinking um, mostly that, like, I, 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 this might be flawed logic, but like, if I'm wearing a mask everywhere anyway and I'm staying home all the time anyway, then I'm probably not going to get the flu. Um, but I'm, I'm just kind of, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm skeeved out of going anywhere where COVID testing is happening.
0: Sure. I think I think that's defensible. Um, Would you be offended if I called you a neat? Uh, Not at all. Well, you're a neat and you're like being like incredibly safe, you know, on the average anyway. So I think I think you're fine.
1: Yeah, probably. Uh, But yeah, I I, I get it in a normal year. I'm not like an anti-vaxxer or anything. And I'm excited to get the covid vaccine as soon as I can. But
0: yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah
1: well luckily uh prince thank god prince philip and the queen were able to get their covid vaccine yeah. we stand
0: yeah and all of those um hospital uh, administrators as well right you know the people who yeah. are just working their office nine to five monday through friday at the hospital
1: yep yep thank god they're real heroes you want to talk about magic Let's
0: talk about magic. <laughs> okay, okay. So um, this topic, you know, I brought up this this topic because I want to talk about a series of deck lists, like a, an archetype that's near and dear to my heart. This is something I've been playing pretty much since the uh, the archetype was born, and that's treasure hunt decks. Uh, you know, these decks are kind of considered to be a bit gimmicky, a bit mimi, but they are a lot of fun, and there's a lot of different ways you could go about it. Have you ever played a deck like this, uh, Fred?
1: Yes, as a matter of fact, when I was getting into Paper Modern, while I was saving up the store credit from tournaments to um, build my actual modern deck I wanted to play, the first thing that I played was Seismic Swans, which is a treasure hunt deck. Uh, And this was in modern um, back, I think, like pre-Eldrazi Winter. Um, Twin was really good. Like, Twin was a dominant deck. Jun, Grixis Control, Tron, the classic modern. Yeah. Uh, and I was here with my, uh, my 48 land, um, seismic swans list. So I, I too have a pretty uh, rich history with treasure hunts.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um a classic modern, not the euro uh, piles that we that we see this, you know, the real the real magic, you know, like 2015, uh, 16 modern. I'm right there with you. But uh okay, so yeah. as a little background, what are we talking about when we talk about Treasure Hunt decks? So this is a type of deck that revolves around the uh, sorcery spell Treasure Hunt. Uh, Two mana, one generic, and a blue, Sorcery. Reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a non-lane card. Then put all cards revealed this way into your hand. Uh, This is a common from World Wake. And the idea is that in a normal deck you would play this and you would draw, you know, anywhere between like one to three cards. Something like that. If you're playing a normal um, mix of spells and lands the decks that we're talking about today do not do that. <laughs> they play for <laughs> treasure hunt one or, you know, may, and you know, a smattering of other cards. Uh, and then somewhere between like, you know, somewhere between 50 and 60 lands. So whenever you play treasure hunt, the, uh, the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the, um, um, uh,
1: you, you draw your whole deck.
0: Probability. The probability of you drawing like 30, you know, f- anywhere between 15 and 30 cards uh, is, is very high. And there are a number of cards you can use uh, to break this. And we're going to go through all of these different types of decks and show you how many ways you can break this card.
1: Yes, I'm very excited. I only knew of one of these or two of these really before you, or I guess three. I only knew of some of these before you showed me the lists uh, that you brought to the table this week. So, um, yeah, we are going to get into some Treasure Hunt decks. Do you want to talk about the classics first?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I do want to uh, just make a bit, a bit of a caveat here. Um, there are some like land focused decks that are normal decks and use treasure hunt as just a normal draw spell. Uh, we're not talking about those decks. Uh, you know, We're talking about specifically playing like a an absurd amount of lands and then one or two copies of the card that breaks being able to draw so many lands. Yeah. Yeah, and, and as we mentioned before, um, You know there are a lot of different cards that you can use to break uh, Treasure Hunt. Uh, So this is uh, uh, this type of deck is something that you can play both in paper, um, which I believe it's modern back. Um, So you're not going to, I don't think you can play anything in uh, Pioneer. I tried to see if there was a popper deck that was of this line. I wasn't really able to find anything, but it would be it would be pretty easy for something to be printed that would um, uh, break treasure hunt in that format. So keep your eyes peeled for something that might make this a, a popper deck. But you'll be playing this in modern or just you know kitchen table. And then there's a number of arena decks uh, that you can also use this uh, combo in. And we'll talk about decks for all of these formats.
1: Absolutely, I'm very excited. Um, that sorry.
0: Uh, Yeah. So um, I believe that there are three categories of treasure hunt decks. Uh, And this is completely um, uh, arbitrary on my part, but this is how I'm classifying this. Um, I would say that's classic. Uh, new and then real, uh, and, and we're going to start with the classic. This is the very first treasure hunt deck that was, um, you know, playable. Uh, in the you know the first card that was able to break this card, and that's Zombie Infestation. With all of these classic decks, you'll see that the point is to play a card that's going to let you turn the lands that you're drawing into creatures for you to attack with. And Zombie Infestation is the is the OG. This is this is the real one.
1: Uh, so, zombie- yeah, this is the Coca-Cola back when they still put cocaine in it. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: Zombie infestations, kind of an old card. It was originally from Odyssey. Uh, you know, it's a, a black enchantment, one generic and one black, so it's two mana. Um, actually, one of the one of the cheaper cards on this list. Uh, discard two cards from your. It's an enchantment, and then has the ability: discard two cards from your hand. Put a two-two black zombie creature token Ooh. into play. So what? So what this deck wants to do is use a um, colorless spell, that, or sorry, a colorless land that a lot of people are probably familiar with, Reliquary Tower, which taps, mm-hmm. for, which taps for colorless, but it makes it to where you don't have a hand size. So while you're playing Treasure Hunt, you're able to draw tons of cards and then play a Reliquary Tower and then not have to discard those cards, and then you amass a hand of like 30 to 40 cards. It's a little ridiculous. And I think one of the real joys of playing this type of deck in paper is just the ridiculousness of just flipping over your deck card after card after card. And then after you hit a uh, another treasure hunt or a zombie infestation, you just get the whole 30 cards in your hand. Have you ever had a game like that, Fred? I've played against
1: um, players like that um, where they just kind of flip over the giant stack of tokens. There was a dude who came to my LGS once, I don't remember if it was a PPTQ or if he just like felt like playing Modern that weekend, uh, but he smelled like cigarettes, he got really, really pissed when his Zombie Infestation deck didn't work, it's basically the same list in Modern as it is in Historic, there's not much else you can do, you're not really allowed to include other spells. Uh, and his tokens were all these really obnoxious anime Rule 34 drawings on little magic-sized cards. Not that he did. Like, he, he commissioned them or bought them or something. But he just flipped over this. Um, the one game that he did get the infestation out, he just flipped over this stack of what looked like Naruto Rule 34. Uh, so I have uh, not a great um, frame of reference for the zombie infestation deck. Uh, I think it's pretty sweet. But um, that was the one time that I actually played against it, and it was uncomfortable.
0: Well, I tell you what, next time, once, once the, the pandemic is over and we can all play Magic in person, uh, you and I will have to get together and I can uh, bre- break out some of my paper uh, treasure hunt decks so I can overwrite that memory with, uh, with a fun one, with a friend and normal people who, don't, who, who who don't act like that in public.
1: That would be awesome. I would really love that. Um, in 2023, when COVID
0: is over. Right, right. <clears throat> um, I-, I meant to do this earlier, but I want to go ahead, and you can see on the screen right now uh, for the deck list for zombie infestation, there's a little land uh, called Mystic Sanctuary. And this is a common from Throne of Eldraine. Uh, and this is a really special card, and I think is probably one of the most, like, powerful things that that have been printed for all sorts of treasure hunt decks. And this card uh-huh. really elevates the playability of all of these treasure hunt decks. Um, Mystic sanctuary actually sees play in some older formats, doesn't it? Like, um, uh, uh, like legacy. Is it seen legacy play?
1: It's seen uh, play in modern Euro piles for sure. I'm not sure about legacy, but it, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, he's playing miracles.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a yeah. it's definitely a good card, and it, I I believe a um, great example of how powerful Throne of Eldraine was. Uh, but to, to say what the card does, it's a non-basic land, but it has the island subtype, and it says whenever Mystic Sanctuary enters the battlefield, or sorry, uh, it enters the battlefield tapped unless you control three or more other islands, and all of these decks will have some sort of blue in them. Of course, the right. cast Treasure Hunt. When it enters the battlefield untapped, you may put target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard on top of your library. And then it taps for blue. These decks have a really hard time if you have one treasure hunt in hand and then it gets countered or something happens. Like you don't draw, you draw your win condition way too early. Um, you kind of just die. Mystic Sanctuary actually really increases the percentage of the time that these decks will be able to still play after something happens to one of your right. treasure hunts or for some of the other decks we're going to talk about your wind con, which happens to be an instant or sorcery. So Mystic mm-hmm. Sanctuary is, pretty much going to be in all of these decks and really is not a deck you can or not a card you can leave out of your decks in this day and age you just have to be playing mystic sanctuary it's just so
1: good do you think mystic sanctuary was
0: a mistake Uh, i think so um i've I've heard a little bit about the uh, havoc it's causing in uh, other formats it's a common so i know that this is like um something that popper is seeing like i i like it for these kinds of decks but for like real decks where it's like you just get your best spell back you know immediately as your next draw for the low low price of playing an untapped island I, i do think its power level is a little
1: above where it ought to be yeah, you can also bounce it with Cryptic Command and then put Cryptic Command on top of your deck. Uh,
0: yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's that's not good. I just wanted to take a few moments to highlight Mystic Sanctuary as a card you're going to be seeing over oh, yeah. and over in these lists. Um, but I have the list uh, up here, and uh, you can see that Reliquary Tower is, is in there. Um, yeah. For each of these decks, I want to go through like a, or just a real quick pros and cons list of why you would want to choose this version of the Treasure Hunt deck. Over the others, and for for this deck, I think there are two pretty you know good pros for it. One, it has one of the faster average clocks out of all of these. Um, you'll see a uh, uh, you'll see a theme around these that like turn five is usually the turn where these decks are really going to pop off, as they say, and win the game. With zombie infestation being one of the cheaper. Uh, uh, win conditions out of all these decks, uh, it's totally possible to have a like a um have like a turn four where you play a treasure hunt. Fill up your your hand, play the zombie infestation that you drew, uh, and then at the end of that round of turns, uh, d- you know, discard your hand, make enough tokens to win, and you're swinging to win on turn five, where a lot of the yeah. other decks are actually only creating the tokens on their turn five or finally emptying their deck for that particular win con. So this is definitely one of the faster clocks uh, you know uh, out of all these decks.
1: Yeah, I I think that's definitely the case. Um you also have the option to sort of like spread out your win condition, like you dump the zombies on their end step and then let's say they have some instant speed variant of pyroclasm, cool. Dump some more zombies down. You yeah. don't have to like drop them all at once.
0: Yeah, yeah, that it gives you a little bit more play there. It's not it's it's I mean, it's still kind of on rails, but it's not as on rails. You kind of have some uh actual um decisions to make. That's a really good point, Frederick. Uh, And and then the other pro that I put down here, um, it has possible game if you draw zombie infestation early. Some of these decks, they just die if you don't do... Uh, if you don't go off, so to speak. If you draw a zombie infestation early and it's not like an auto-win swinging with all your tokens, you could still play the game. You play your zombie infestation, you make your tokens, you can, and then every two turns you're going to make a token uh, You know, while you're trying to maybe draw another treasure hunt or uh, draw a mystic sanctuary. Um, the mm-hmm. game isn't necessarily over once you kind of whiff a little bit with your uh, infestation uh, uh, combo um so so that is a consideration those those games are probably still not going to win but the percentage the the percentage is not zero
1: right i, I yeah you, it gives you enough time to get to your treasure hunt so you can go off
0: yeah for sure for sure um i do think that there are definitely some cons with this particular version um and and for me the big one is basically more failure points a lot has to kind of happen for this to you know go off um you know you can draw zombie infestation and not have enough cards for it to be lethal like we just talked about um you have to be able to stock your hand with a reliquary tower sometimes you're just not going to get there um i've definitely had games where you draw a ton of cards off a treasure hunt and not single one of them, a reliquary tower. Um, you know, that's that's super awkward. And you have to discard all those cards, and it's almost like you never really drew those cards at all, because you can't do anything with your graveyard. Um, you know, uh, Mystic Sanctuary sometimes will have to come into play. Uh, Taft, because, you know, it's the land you have, and you know, you, uh, you, you had to play some of your swamps. Um, this requiring blue and black mana also makes it a little awkward, because you have to play some swamps. So, you know, uh, that plus the fact that one of your main uh, cards is only produces colorless creates more situations where you could be in a in a tight bind color mana available wise.
1: Okay, yeah, I think that's definitely true here, and that's that's definitely true of some decks that we'll see later on. Um, <clears throat> triple red and then double blue. Um, yeah, I, I think I think that's a fair thing to lob at this deck this is also the easiest one to build without like a shitload of wild cards or a shitload of of paper money uh you know you can go without the watery graves
0: oh for sure for sure yeah you could get away i you have to have the mystic sanctuaries you have to have the towers but other than that you only need basics and i every time i've played this deck it's always just been you know all islands and all swamps so yeah that's, sure yeah, there, there's that too. And the last con that I'll say for this deck is it, it's one of the decks that takes a lot of clicking. Um, you know, so, some of these will just work immediately after you play the win con. This you play Zombie Infestation, you have a hand of like 30 cards, but then you actually have to do the clicking in Arena to make the token. So that's a consideration. And uh, when I've played these decks on Arena, in the last couple of days, I've really been going hard on all of these uh, um, treasure hunt decks in Arena. The clicking does kind of get annoying after a while. So just be prepared for that. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our second one and this is also a, a deck that's available in arena and I think that this was the first one available in arena. This card yeah, uh, yeah because this card came out bef- like when we got Treasure Hunt but before Zombie Infestation was added to arena. I remember when I very first um got Treasure Hunt on arena, this was the deck that I built because it was the win con that we had and this is awakened erstwhile uh this is a five mana sorcery uh black uh from ravnica allegiance i believe uh, yeah yeah uh three generic and two black each player discards all the cards in their hand then creates that many two two black zombie creature tokens uh did you play this card at all when it was uh just like a normal standard card during its standard environment um.
1: Yeah, actually, this card is incredibly hard to evaluate. I played this in my mono-black midrange deck that played, you know, back when it was Dominaria and Ravnica illegal at the same time, uh, and you had the eldest reborn, and the top end was the flample demon that could pay two life to surveil to. And the purpose of the card was, A, the deck played four gutter bones, so if you discarded some gutter bones early and your opponent also discarded their hand you'd have the same amount of zombies, but you would also have gutter bones that can keep coming back. That's pretty good. And then you start winning from there. Yeah. Uh, And then the other purpose was when I had the flample demon out, but my opponent could have like settle the wreckage. um, I would uh, awaken the erstwhile, and then either they'd have to spend their settle the wreckage mana to counter it. And then I could safely swing and win with the, um, the flample demon or they wouldn't counter it, and then they wouldn't have settled the wreckage anymore, and I could swing over it with my Flamble Demon. And that happened more often than you would think. So the card was actually really useful in that format.
0: Yeah, that sounds pretty good, uh, the way that you were using it. I have never played this card outside of a treasure hunt deck, but uh, you know th- this actually works pretty well with the treasure hunt deck. And uh, we're going to kind of keep going through these a a little faster now that we've kind of done all the uh, uh, beginning work to explain what these decks are and why they include the lands that they do. Um, This works a lot like uh, the zombie infestation. Um, It is a bit slower um, because it's a five-mana spell. But as you can see, you still need the Reliquary Towers. uh, You still have the Mystic Sanctuary. And Mystic Sanctuary does double duty here because you can rebuy and awaken the erstwhile if you need to, if it gets... um, um if it gets milled or something like that. So, you know, you get you get that little bit there. Um the pros for this deck, I would say um the ability to uh discard your opponent's hand, you know, um at, while you're making the tokens is really good. Um and um it's very unlikely that they're going to draw anything that's going to get them out of being overwhelmed by your zombie tokens like yeah they might like top deck a sweeper but most of the time what they top deck is not actually going to matter all that much uh once this resolves the math usually works out in your favor because you'll be making a ton of zombies they'll most likely have to block you know block as many zombies as they can with their zombies so it's almost like they never got any zombies to begin with and then they're in top deck mode so that's definitely a pro
1: yeah the only consideration i would make is a lot of times you know planeswalkers are pretty popular in standard right now and a lot of times like you don't have any way to deal with a planeswalker before you awaken the erstwhile. so if that planeswalker has anything that lets them draw or search um, to try to find a board wipe or if that planeswalker has a board wipe on it itself um, then you basically just lose
0: yeah that that's true you have to be careful about that and sometimes your opponents like and that's the thing with these decks sometimes you're just not going to get there like your opponent just has the answer or you just don't go off so yeah you'll definitely have you have to pay more attention to what's on your opponent's board when you play this um as for cons for this deck it's really a lot of the same thing uh, uh same things as zombie infestation uh you know your failure points because you're trying to play you know reliquary tower mystic sanctuary and black mana at the same time um you know that um the, and this has a really slow clock. Um, you have to create the tokens on turn five and then attack on turn six. Uh, and that's even if you get Awaken Earth's Wild to, to be able to play on turn five, uh, and you'll have to wait a turn because your treasure hunts don't work out the way you want to. So this is one yeah. of the slower clocks, which is the price you pay for being able to discard your opponent's hand when you cast it.
1: Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's, a, that's fair. I... I think this is one of my favorites just because I like the Awaken the Earth Wild card. But it is a lot less, like, you do it once and then you're just out of gas unless you've got, like, the Mystic Sanctuary next turn. So it's not resilient in the way that the straight up zombie infestation variant is. I would say this is definitely worse than the zombie infestation variant. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I would say. It, uh, it I won't make a value judgment between those two because I feel they're super you know, similar. I will say I will choose Awaken if I have to play one because solely because you do not have to do all the clicking. You cast Awaken and it discards all your cards for you, and makes the tokens. It saves time. Uh, it's not a headache. I love the fact that you don't have to do all that clicking.
1: Okay. Yeah, but I think that's fair.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's move on to our next deck here. This one is super. Yeah. This one is super, like near and dear to my heart because um, th- this is my preferred way to win via tokens, and that's Worm Harvest. Do you have you? Do you have any experience with this card?
1: Uh, yeah, it came in a Commander precon, and I stuck it in a Commander precon deck. I also, um, I also, this was part of my cube for a while. It was one of the one of the black green cards you could draft, and it was probably on the lower end of playability in the cube, but. Um, I do enjoy that. I, I love Retrace. I think it's a really neat mechanic and it's implemented really well. Um, I wish they would bring it back. It seems like they're trying to recapture that without just reusing the mechanic, uh, like how they did in, um, in Guilds of Ravnica with Jumpstart. Um, I wish they'd just go back to replay, Retrace because I feel like they did it perfectly with that mechanic, but I digress. I do like the card warm harvest a great deal. I'm excited to hear how it works with Treasure Hunt.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, I I love this card. Um, to so it is it's a bit of an older card. I think it originally came out in Morning Tide or Eventide, one of those sets. Um, and it, it is a five mana spell, two generic, and then three hybrid green and black. Um, it's a sorcery. Create a one one black and green worm creature token for each land. You know, each land in your graveyard.
1: and then I think Atticus likes this card too.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Something like that. Uh, <laughs> but it also has Retrace, as uh, Frederick just said. You may cast this card from your graveyard by discarding a land card in addition to paying its other cost. So one great thing about this is it has a lot of resilience. Sometimes casting it won't get you there the first time uh or it gets countered or you know you have to like block with the tokens to make sure you don't die but as long as you keep drawing lands as you usually will you can sorry uh you can keep casting this from the graveyard as many times as you need as long as your opponent doesn't do something with your graveyard um i love this and i think that being able to recast it from your graveyard is so powerful
1: um, I think that's true, but I think the deck hinging on that makes this probably one of the weakest variants of the deck, especially given the prevalence of things like scavenging ooze. Mm-hmm. Like if we're talking standard, you've got scavenging ooze, you've got or historic, you've got scavenging ooze, you've got uh, Daxos or not Daxos, the black one, um, um And if we're talking modern, I mean, you've got rest in peace. This dies to this dies to things in the main board in a way that the other decks don't, because a lot of main boards will play things like scoos.
0: That, that's absolutely right. And I would say that that's the um, biggest con for this deck is that it is uh, weak to graveyard hate. And uh, there's a lot of incidental graveyard hate uh, out there, especially if you're playing any sort of like a real or high powered formats. If you're going anywhere above like kitchen table. Or like historic ranked ladder, you're gonna have to see a lot of graveyard hate. So you can't uh, really not, not that you, this is a deck that you cannot play in arena. Um, this is a paper only for the time being. I don't think this card's gonna be coming to arena anytime soon. Uh, anytime soon, but yeah, uh, this is really weak to graveyard hate. Um, it's also slow, so it has the uh, same problem of awaken the earth while where you know you make the tokens on five if you're lucky, and then you have to swing on six or even later because these tokens are weaker uh than the tutu zombie tokens that we've seen before and then you also have to think about the mana this takes three colored mana that is not blue and that's really gonna um <laughs> put, that's really gonna put attacks on your mana base even though yeah. even though you don't have to play cards like mystic sanctuary even though you probably should um but you can drop royal Acquary Towers tower since you're trying to discard the cards instead of um Uh, Keeping them in your hand So you you get a little bit of help there But still having to have like three black Or three green really kind of puts a hamper On the mana base
1: Yeah uh, worth noting like you know The first one that comes down isn't just going to be one Worm if you don't have a reliquary tower out You're going to be discarding a shitload of lands Which is going to make the first worm harvest huge That's true Yeah yeah. so there are some pros to this deck But I think it's definitely the weakest variant Given that it's so fragile to graveyard hate
0: that's true. Um, I, I I still love this card. If I was going to build this in paper, Worm Harvest is the card I would reach for just because I have a lot of fond memories of it. And I just, I just love the card. But uh, yeah, it does have some issues there. Um, there are two more decks I want to talk about in the uh, classic uh, designation. Uh, they're not really token decks like we've been talking about, but they're kind of old school. These were the other ways you could break Treasure Hunt when it was first printed, um, but are a lot worse than the zombie infestation um, kind, and that is a uh, lightning storm. Uh, you know the cl- absolute classic red instant spell from Cold Snap and uh, Conflagrate. I think I'm saying that right. Is that how you say that? Conflagrate.
1: You can say it however you want. Okay. Okay.
0: Um, both of these are red spells. Um, lightning Storm. Um, it works a lot like Awaken the Earth. While it costs three mana, um, you, it's a damage spell that you target your opponent and then each of you can discard lane cards to uh, make the damage uh uh, make it deal more damage it's like um plus three for every lane card that you discard to this and normally you're going to have way more lands in hand than your opponent when you cast this but it'll just be doing like a, a set amount of damage to them and conflaggregate is a um it's a it's basically a um It's like a fireball uh, with flashback that you can uh, cast from your graveyard. So if you were playing a deck like this, you would have to play the card first, and then you would have to flashback it and discard the cards. You could use both of these cards if you really wanted to, but both of these are very bad. But I wanted to make sure everyone knew that these cards are possible to play in paper if you'd like to. Hmm.
1: Yeah, uh I, I think they're definitely like I, I think this is this is probably a reach compared to the other ones. Lightning Storm has seen some modern success given um like it's it's role in the Ad nauseum deck as a win condition uh and conflagrate as well in uh, in dredge. Uh I do think your best bet is probably still going to be zombie infestation, but these are um These are certainly available to you if you choose to play this deck in paper. And there are fringe cases where they'll be better.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. These are available, and that's the only uh, uh, judgment I'll put on them. Uh, Are are you ready to move on to our uh, next category?
1: Uh, Yeah.
0: Okay, so these... Uh, Yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, so next is the new Treasure Hunt decks, um, which ask you to play Treasure Hunt until there's not any cards in your deck, and then resolve one spell something that sometimes happens in games of Magic. Um, do you want to introduce us to the first one? Yes, absolutely.
0: So um, these are ones that were pretty much... The the win conditions for um, these decks were printed very recently. Um, you know, the, the other ones that we talked about are very old school. People who have heard of Treasure Hunt know about them. These are basically the new breed of Treasure Hunt cards. And you're, all of these are going to really be you're going to see these in arena because they're all they're all post arena cards um that, that have been added to um to magic and the first one we're going to talk about is what i think is probably the this is the one you're most likely to see if you're playing on arena and you run into a treasure hunt deck this this is definitely i think the most popular at this time and this is using the card Thassa's oracle we've talked about Thassa's <laughs> oracle before right
1: Yes, we have. We had a whole episode where we talked about it a lot. Um, definitely some uh, controversies around this card and its combo with a certain other card uh, in Pioneer. Uh, it was actually one of our first episodes. It wasn't our first hate comment, so is it was even real? Um, but it was it was definitely the the subject of much debate between the two of us. Um, so when Thassa's Oracle enters the battlefield, look at the top X cards in your library. Where X is your devotion to blue. Put up to one of them uh, on top of your library and put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. If X is greater than or equal to the number of cards in your library, you win the game.
0: Ooh, man, winning the game. That's a a pretty spicy uh, uh, line of text there, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so
0: you empty your deck, you play Thassa's Oracle, you win. That's the idea. So how does this deck actually win with treasure hunt? I was a little confused about when I first heard that Thassa's Oracle was a way to win with this deck. And it turns out that it leans heavily on Mystic Sanctuary. Uh, uh, Another reason why this is very much a new type of treasure hunt deck. It plays a lot like the others. You know, you mulligan until you get a treasure hunt. you you have to empty your deck, which doesn't happen when you uh, initially hit that Thassa's Oracle. So the idea mm-hmm. is that you treasure hunt until you hit the Thassa's Oracle. You use Mystic Sanctuary to put treasure hunt back on top of your deck, and then uh, you cast a full four treasure hunts. Or is it five? It might be five. Uh, and uh, to yeah. completely empty your deck, and then as soon as you do, you play Thassa's Oracle. Um, and, and you do get a little bit of uh, extra... Utility here in your lands. Uh, as you can see with the deck list that I have up on the screen right now, you can uh, play a couple of Wiry Graves and you can play Memorial to Folly, which is a land that will actually help you get your creature win condition back in addition to your Mystic Sanctuaries. So it's a little more resilient in that way. Uh, and and Thassa's Oracle also costs two. So it kind of works really well. You you play Mystic Sanctuary, you get that last treasure hunt on top of your deck. And then when you draw that treasure hunt, you can most likely play the treasure hunt and Oracle on the same turn. So the clock is a little shorter in that regard, which is, which is definitely a pro of the deck.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's definitely like one of the stronger versions. There's no way to get back the Thassa's Oracle if you only play one copy um, and it can be killed in response to its trigger going on the stack, which makes it very fragile because then you don't win, right? Unless you have, lit- oh, if you have literally zero cards in your deck. No, your devotion has to be, oh, greater than or equal to. Yeah, so if you have zero cards in your deck, you do still win. That's that's my bad. I was wrong about that. Um, but it can be countered and if it's countered or somehow the enters the battlefield trigger is countered, then you do lose the game.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you well, you get cards like Memorial to Folly, um, which is you know a, a tap to black uh, land, uh, pay three black, uh, tap, sacrifice, return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. You could play something like that if you want to, but most likely, if your opponent is countering or you know doing something to your Thassa's Oracle to where you have to use Memorial to Folly, you're most likely losing. But uh, you're 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 right. That that is a consideration you have to um, keep in mind. Um some yeah. other some other pros of this deck, it is monocolor. Um, you know, this this particular list splashes black. You technically don't have to, um, but you know, you don't get those weird, uh, like uh, awkward mana situations like you would with like a worm harvest or Awaken uh, the earthwild Um so there's that. Uh you can drop reliquary towers since you need to discard the lands instead of keeping them in your hand. So that kind of uh takes a little burden off your mana your mana base as well um right yeah so there's there's all of that but you know the deck does have cons um you have to cycle through your whole deck and that does add a little bit of time to your clock even though Thassa's Oracle is cheap um so I would say this falls squarely within turn five uh as a as a um as a clock and you don't get any of that extra play um, because you're not affecting the board at all. You can't make tokens the to block. You can't um, do anything about what your opponent's doing. You can only worry about milling yourself with treasure hunt and then playing oracle and then the last thing i would say it's a clicking deck Uh, you draw all these cards and then you have to discard all those cards and then some of your lands you probably want to keep in your hand like mystic sanctuary man it is annoying to have to go through and click all of those lands you want
1: to discard so
0: if that doesn't sound like something you ever want to do you might want to stay away from this type of deck
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would agree. It's, um, it can be a little bit frustrating for players who aren't into this kind of, uh, cheese.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the, the Thassa Oracle deck or Thasso's Oracle for those of you that are looking at the slideshow, uh, for reasons we won't get into right now. Uh, but, uh, Thasso, uh, there's that. Um, and there's also Jace and this is the war Jace, a Jace wielder of mysteries. Um, it's, if you can play in brawl or Oathbreaker. That that's true. You can do that. Yeah. Um, Actually, oh yeah, this this with treasure hunt as a um, signature spell in Oathbreaker and then deck of all lands, uh, would would you get like beaten after the game afterwards, like like with fists?
1: Maybe I don't know. I think there's a lot of Oathbreaker decks. Like that's an easily broken format. So there's a lot of more more broken. Um, there's a lot of more broken things you can do in that format than that. But yeah, I think that would definitely piss off a table of casual people, which as we know is what multiplayer formats are for.
0: For sure. Well, that is a, um, that's a, still a turn five clock. So you could probably get hated out before you do that anyway. Or, or <laughs> at least have your one treasure hunt encountered. But um, anyway, so this is, uh, you know, this is War Jace, uh, four mana. Um, I, I'm not going to read all of this. Basically, it has a um, static ability. If you would draw a card while you, uh, your library has no cards in it, you win the game instead. And then it has a plus one that lets you draw a card. Um, there is a deck list on the screen. Um, I, Kind of feel very strongly. That this is just a worse version of Thassa's Oracle, since it kind of is doing the exact same thing. You could technically play Jace if you really wanted to, but um, I wouldn't recommend it. I would probably just always play the Thassa's Oracle. But you know, War Jace is here. If you'd rather play the poster boy of magic,
1: yeah, I I, I think the the draw of the Jace deck is that you can play it in 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 Oathbreaker or Brawl, but. It's definitely not as good as just the Faust's Oracle deck. Sure,
0: sure. Um, I will say one one thing about this deck is that um, because there's nothing you can do with black mana and it is so monocolor, um, you still get to play the Mystic Sanctuaries. But you have a little bit more room to play utility lands if you would like. So that's things like Blast Zone, Emergent Zone. I know a lot of people like to uh, jam uh, uh, creature lands into these type of decks, which we'll talk about a bit later. Um, but you have a little bit more room to do that kind of thing uh, with Jace. So you can keep that in
1: mind. Yeah, yeah,
0: for sure. Okay, all right. Are, are you ready to um are you ready to flex on the pores? Sure. <laughs> okay, okay. So all of, one awesome thing about all these decks is that they're pretty cheap. Um, you know, like some of these use like one rare or no rares, and it's mostly just lands. But what if you want to spend a lot on lands? You you just want a lot of expensive lands uh in your treasure hunt gimmick deck. Well I think Zinni is Excuse me. I think Zenith Flare is going to be the deck for you. This is a um, uncommon from Ikoria and a lot of people remember Ikoria as the cycling set that gave us that uh, super low to the ground cycling deck that people would play on ladder and arena, uh, so, uh, you know, this is kind of one of those cards. Uh, it is a, uh, a Boros instant, two generic, and then one red, one white. Xena Flare deals X damage to any target, you gain X life, where X is the number of cards with a cycling ability in your graveyard. I-, I-, I think we can all see where this is going, and you can take a look at the list that's on screen now. Basically, almost all of your lands are now going to be cycling lands
1: yeah um, I like this. um, I think it's funny uh I think it's also funny to spend eight rare wild cards on Triums. um right. and like, oh my God, the almond cat ones are in there. Yeah, for sure, and and
0: I gotta be honest. I play a Law Arena. I play a Law Historic. I have not um, opened or um, I have not opened or crafted any of the Amanket Cycling cards because this is really the only deck where I would ever play them, and I'm not going to spend my wild cards on that. But yeah, so this is the bling version of the Treasure Hunt decks. You don't play all. Um, cycling lands you actually play uh, you play the mystic sanctuaries but you also play a couple of shock lands as you can see on the list that's on the screen and and just i want to give credit to jim davis this is one of his lists that i took off of of youtube but i think it very um clearly illustrates the deck um you play a couple of hollowed fountains and uh, steam vents so you can actually um play Xenaflare Flare on turn four. Not all of your lands are coming into play tapped, but most of them are. So you have to keep that in mind.
1: Yeah. Um, I think this is more cheese. I mean, this video is about cheesy decks mostly. Or this podcast is about cheesy decks mostly, but I think this is one of the cheesier ones. And it's also going to take the longest to get going um, of all the decks. <sighs> i i I don't know how i feel about this one the the wincon being able to be used as a removal in a in a pinch is nice um your mystic sanctuaries are going to be easy to get off because all of the cycling lands except for the monocolored ones do have that subtype so that does make it easier to bring back the zenith flare once you've used it yeah i guess this deck has the most
0: reach huh well I, i was saying that's pretty big that your mystic sanctuaries are not actually hurt that much with your cycling lands
1: yeah, if I have to say something nice about this deck, it would be that it has to that it has the reach. Yeah, um, I the lo- other deck.
0: I love this deck. I actually think this is one of the more powerful versions. Um, I I played this. This is the version of the deck that I had the most success with on Historic Ladder um, as I was playing these decks uh, on Arena. I actually really like this version, uh, and I will say that this deck. Um, feels the most like you're actually playing a real game of Magic. This one has the most, like... Um, real decision making that you have to make during the game because you have the ability to cycle lands. Um, you have to think about which lands you discard and which ones uh, you keep. Um, this really feels the most like playing Magic out of all of them. Um, so I think that's a that's a con. Like if you're someone who's looking at these decks and thinking, "Oh, I don't know, it's a little on rails. It's not really playing Magic." I this is the version I would tell them uh to try as you mentioned the wincon can be used as spot removal which is you know, not terrible because you have the mystic sanctuaries to to rebuy it if you need to if you can cast Xenith Flare and it doesn't kill them the first time you can mystic sanctuary again to kind of hit them twice and hopefully that'll do enough instead of um having to one shot them with lands in your graveyard that's something to keep in mind too and this is the only deck out of all of them that gets to play a um uh gets to play a companion. Um not that you would ever really play the companion, but it is there and it looks cool.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree. Um I I it's nice to be able to add the companion. I think you could technically put um the otter as your companion in like half of these decks, right? Oh no, there's four there's four treasure hunt. Never mind. Yeah. Oh you could put uh you could put Luris as your companion in the um in the the zombie infestation one.
0: Yeah, I guess you could. And yeah. awake
1: in the Wake of the Earth file. Yeah, there's no reason not to, in fact, it would let you bring back your zombie infestation.
0: Yeah, that's that's actually a very interesting uh, way of looking at it. I, you know, all the deck lists that I've looked at for all of this. None of them had the zombie infestation version with a companion. But yeah, you're right. I would definitely unless there's something we're for, forgetting, which I don't think that there is. You're absolutely right. Um, I Allureous should be in that. I don't actually think you're losing any percentage points if you don't play this with a companion. Um, because like if you're having to play the companion, you've already lost anyway. Right. <laughs> but it is there, and you know adds a little bit more bling to this deck I honestly think you ought to try this I, I know you don't want to spend your wild cards but if you had the hankering to play one of these arena I really think you ought to try this one out yeah I, think I might um, t- just to go through some cons because there is some some stuff here one that's expensive you know because you have to have all these cycling lands um mystic sanctuary is a little bit more awkward it's not bad and you do get it but it is awkward and you do have to think about how your you um, uh, how you're sequencing your lands to make that work. There is no room for utility lands or creature lands. You know, All the land choices are made for you. You don't get to do anything like that. Uh, and it is weak to graveyard. Hey, if your opponent uh, can just, um, you know, like Relic of Progenitus or, or one of those, whatever one exists in Arena, if they can get something like that out, you're done. the 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 deck just doesn't exist anymore uh and and it's another clicking deck it's another deck where you draw the cards and then you have to spend like a minute clicking through your hand of 30 cards to discard all of these uh and uh, i had one game where i timed out because i took too long to discard all my cards so keep that (laughs) keep that in mind but overall i actually really like this version
1: yeah i i i do too um I think it's a little more wild card intensive than I'd like. I'd probably just end up building the zombie infestation version, but with Laris as a companion. But this is fun to look at if for some reason you happen to already own all of the cat cycling lands.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really curious as to who has all of those just sitting in their, um, uh, in their collection because I play a lot and I have none of them.
1: I drafted a lot of that set and I only have one or two of each. Uh, I hear there's people who complete play sets of every set
0: oh yeah yeah there are some people Um, who that like that's how they play arena is that they're they're the playing of arena is the collecting of the cards and filling out their collections yeah yeah for sure all right. Well, there's one more uh, there's one more uh, category of treasure hunt decks I want to talk about, and I'm, I'm really going to need you to fill me in on these because these are decks I've not played. Um, but this is the real uh, designation. These are decks that are actually good in a real format of modern, and these mostly lie on, or rely on the card seismic assault. Uh, Fred, do you want to tell me a little bit about these decks?
1: Um. So I don't actually have lists for you, but I can tell you the list off the top of my head. It's very easy um it's four seismic assault four swans and burn Argil, four treasure hunt and 48 lands um when i was playing it as a broke little boy um it was pain lands and tap life lands because you weren't doing anything on the first turn anyway um seismic assault discard a land from your hands uh it deals two damage to start a creature or player swans and burn Argil, if a source would deal damage to swans and bernard, it'll prevent that damage. The source's controller draws cards equal to the damage prevented in this way. And it's a 4-3 for 4 with flying. So what you would do is you would seismic assault your own swans. Uh, and so every land you discard would let you draw two cards. Um, and you just go from there. Uh, you fill up your hand. You basically get to draw your whole deck that way because it's 48 lands. Um, and then you discard the lands to seismic assault once you have 10 of them to deal 20 damage to your opponent, or however many are necessary to kill your opponent. You can kill your opponent at 40, you just need 20 lands. Um, and this deck was sort of the deck that I played while I was saving up for the deck I actually intended to play in Modern. Um... I remember doing a tournament with it where I won um, a first game against Burn. They'd never seen the deck before. They read the cards, and then they boarded in their Destructive Revelries and beat the shit out of me the next two games. (laughs) Uh, And you'll find that at actual tournaments, that's generally how things go when you play these decks. Um, He also discovered that Bolt was just Ancestral Recall uh, when his Swans and (laughs) Bernargo was out, so I did not have a good time um (laughs) yeah yeah. in those games
0: yeah that's that's no good um so yeah so you uh you hit the swans a couple of times to draw cards to get enough Mm -hmm. for you to be able to uh shoot your opponent with the seismic assault um so i in doing research for this episode uh you know i looked at some decks and i saw that this deck occasionally pops up in modern uh in um uh, in modern tournament results. So some people are bringing this deck uh, to modern tournaments, or at least they were before. Uh, where do you think a deck like this, uh, you know, the modern version, uh, fits into the, the into the modern, modern metagame?
1: I don't think it does. I think if you want to be doing shenanigans with Seismic Assault, you're just going to play a red-green deck where you get access to things like Renin Six and Life in the Loam. Uh, and you ditch the swans and the treasure hunt. This is just the cheap version. You know, I built this for $5 um, when I was in high school, like I think like a freshman in high school getting into modern and bada bing, bada boom. I got to play in a couple tournaments. I placed in a couple of them and got store credit to get together the deck that I actually wanted to play. And I think that's where this deck fits into the modern meta. Um, It's possible that if you were seeing Seismic Assault decks put up results in modern, it would just be like Ren and Six, a Life in the Lone Birds of Paradise, Lightning Bolt. Like, you know, just kind of a green-red mid-range deck that relies on Seismic Assault as a late-game like win condition.
0: Yeah, okay, okay. I'm See, I'm glad I'm doing this with you because uh, I would have assumed this was a real modern deck, but apparently it's not. So I'm glad uh, I'm getting this information from you.
1: It is a real modern deck in that you are allowed to take it to a modern tournament and play it. Sure, sure, sure. Um, in the I, same way that the uh, Dovenbon Planeswalker deck from Kaladesh is a real modern deck.
0: Okay, okay, fair enough. I did see some versions of this deck that um, did not have Swans in them. It was just Treasure Hunt. Um, have you seen those types of lists? And do you think that those are advisable to play over playing a Swans version?
1: Um, no, I don't think so. Including the Swans is pretty much free because you're already playing blue for... Um, for treasure hunt, uh, you're going to be playing a lot of blue-red dual lands, uh, and the swans just give you the reach that you need. Um, they just let you make sure you're going to have it because because if you just treasure hunt for uh, if you just treasure hunt for all your lands, you could be hitting like a couple treasure hunts in a row. And while that's unlikely, it's definitely possible. And the swans just let you turn each of your lands into discard this draw two. They have bicycling, um, okay. and you just you just get there.
0: Okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you for the info. But yeah, if you want to go to a modern tournament and you want to play something like this, this version of the deck is probably the way you want to go. Um, I, I can't really speak to what the mana base looks like. It's a red-blue deck, so you know, take yeah. that into consideration. But um, this is probably the most real a deck like this is going to be in a tournament setting. So I wanted to go ahead and mention that. But that is that is a pretty good list of all the ways that you can play Treasure Hunt in paper and in uh, in arena. And there are a couple of just extra considerations for this deck.com one to uh, discuss with you, Frederick, before we get out of here. Yeah, take it away. Uh, yeah, and get your um, uh, your expert opinion on <laughs> the way that people ought to be tweaking their own treasure hunt decks um as i mentioned i played a lot of these decks in arena the last couple of days and man i had a real bad time in the play queue um i did yeah. i played in the play queue and then also in the historic ladder queue when i play in the play queue with any of these decks i do not see real decks like at all it, apparently um how how wizards has the um deck matching and just the casual play queue it matches these decks against other gimmick decks Um, I only saw other treasure hunt decks and then mill decks. I didn't see anything else. Do you play, do you play it all in the the play queue or do you just keep it exactly to the, um, to the, to the ladder queue?
1: Well, see the, the way I feel is I'm not going to rank and construct it anyway. I kind of care about my rank and limited, but not that much. I just care about doing my quest. I just want to grill. Um, And like, So I don't play in the play queue because I figure that's like, I'm trying to win. So that's not really for me. So even if I go into the construction queue and I don't do well, like my deck's pretty bad, I'm not like, I don't know. I figure it's just not for me. I think of, of the arena, like interface, like I'm walking into a local game store and I can sit down with the people playing casually or I can register for a tournament and I'm not going to sit down with the people playing casually and, and try to play like some, some jank like combo deck. Um, I have avoided the play queue for this reason for pretty much the entire time I've been playing Arena. Um, Also, from from what I understand, the Arena play queue takes into account cards in your deck and matches you based on that, I've heard. I don't know if that's just true for Brawl or if that's true for every deck or every format but that's what i've heard
0: yeah it's true for every format and i think that's exactly what's going on here the the algorithm looks at your deck sees that it's a gimmick deck it only puts you against other gimmick decks and that's why i want to bring this up right now i wouldn't let everyone you know listening and watching this know if you take one of these decks into the play queue you are only going to see other treasure hunt decks and then decks like milling or other kind of i i don't like to use the term meme deck but you know like a gimmick deck please keep that in mind and if you only want yeah. to play against real decks you need to be in the um you need to be in the ladder um to, tr- to yeah. try these decks against like actual decks that are trying to win so just want to make sure everyone is aware of that consideration
1: um and yeah, if-, if you take anything away from this episode it should be that you must play treasure hunt decks in ranked.
0: I, I do actually, um, I, I think there's value in, in playing in both. I actually really like the play queue for normal decks. Uh, and sometimes you do just want to kind of play these fun decks against others. You know, there's there's not no value there, but just want to make sure everyone knows that that's what's going to happen if you go into that queue. Um, I do, sure. do want to talk about utility lands. Uh, I have two on here, which were the most common ones I saw on a deck list that I saw here. Um, but excuse me. but, um, People also really tried to fit um, a lot of uh, creature lands into these decks, sure. uh, uh, or um, dual lands that come into play tapped, or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. well, you see a lot of blast zone, which I'm not going to read it, but it's like you know, um, you can put charge counters on it, sure. and you can sack it to like wipe things of uh, that, that uh, convert mana cost, or emergent. Yeah, it's damage, like Ratchet Bomb. Or, yeah, like Ratchet Bomb, or emergent zone where you can uh, t- you know pay one tap and sacrifice it to give a spell flash. Which I understand why people would try to fit that into a deck like this um you know it, it, it makes it a little harder on your mana on your mana base and like you definitely ne- i really don't think you ever want lands that uh come into play tapped if you're playing a deck like this like if you build the um zombie infestation with Luris on arena um do you think that you would fill it out with utility lands like this or try to fit in creature lands into that mana base
1: uh, I don't think so. I think you you should pick one, if you're playing, if you're trying to make like a list that's sort of ready for anything, you shouldn't be playing a gimmick deck that dies to one instance of graveyard removal. And if you're wanting to play this kind of gimmick deck, you shouldn't be rationalizing putting in lands that don't really help you with your main game plan when you're just relying on your main game plan working for you to win at all. Um, I think, you know, Reliquary Tower needs to be in all these decks because you need no maximum hand size. Or it, it greatly benefits you, but stuff like Blast Zone and Emergence Zone, like maybe you can fit it in the ones that are less color intensive, like um, the the Zombie Infestation deck. But if you're playing something like Seismic Swans and Modern, you cannot be playing lands that just have for colorless. That's not an option I, I, when you have I, triple red.
0: I agree. Um, I see people try to fit these cards in like all the time. I'm not gonna say it's a hundred percent wrong, but I really well one you shouldn't be putting any lands that come into play tapped unless you have to. Like it's the Xena Flare deck because um, you it will bite you in the butt. Um, and, and yeah if if you're having to blast zone you're not gonna win because you're yeah. blast zoning instead of winning um, so I'm very much I'm very much keep your man base as simple as possible use as many basics as you can just keep it simple focus on your main game plan uh, that's where that's where I lean and how I build my versions of these decks but um You know, just just keep in mind that you have a little tiny bit of room uh, for stuff like this. Like I think my list for like Thassa's Oracle and Jace had one Castle Vantress in them, because that's kind of just free. You just have the one. That's not really going to hurt you too much. Um, But um, I wouldn't go any further than that. So just just something to think about there. Another yeah yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) another one. Do you want to play more than one copy of your Wincon? I see a lot of these versions of um, you know deck lists that run like two zombie infestations would you run more than one zombie infestation
1: yeah i mean the only consideration is whether it's going to stop you from having enough lands in your hand to go off with it and i think in the case of stuff like zombie infestation running two is not going to lose you it's going to win you more games than it's going to lose you if they have a counterspell for the first one but not the second one you know what i mean um so I think in that case absolutely you should be running more than one copy of wincon. And in like the modern like seismic swans list you have to run four of each of your important cards. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, that, and
0: that deck yeah. that deck is just a bit for it, that that deck's just a little bit different than than all it's the ones we're talking about that. I actually fall on the other end. Um and I think it's okay. kind of the same um uh it's the same um uh, reasoning as why you don't play a lot of utility lands you want to mm-hmm. be all in on your win con like that that is what you're doing and a lot of these decks especially zombie infestation you do actually have to draw the lands to be able to win with your your tokens if you draw a zombie infestation super early with not enough lands to win and you're just top decking lands you lose um, almost all of those decks are go are all those games with that deck are going to win because you have enough cards in your hand to make it a one-shot kill. And I think if you put in more than one of your uh, win condition, you're less likely to have those games where you're able to just dump your hand and automatically win. I think that that's really critical. And playing more than one of your win-con kind of goes in the face of that. But I am willing to listen to um, smart people like you who who might think of it a different way? It's possible that I'm actually wrong uh, on this, um, but for me, I'll probably just stick to one win con, and uh, you can prove me wrong with your list.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll see. I uh, I would have to play this deck in order to um, prove you wrong, and I'm not sure that that's something that I'm willing to do. But we'll see. Oh,
0: okay, <laughs> fair, fair enough. I, I think it's an interesting conversation. I feel pretty strongly about one side of it, but um, you know, maybe I could be, you know. Um, Uh, maybe I could be – what's the term I'm looking for? Um, Convinced the other way is is correct. So just something to think about with these decks. I have one more question uh, that I I bet you'll have an opinion on too, but extraneous cards. Cards that are spells, um, so your treasure hunt will hit them, but they are not your win-con. So this would be cards like uh, you've put on here, Negate and Lightning Bolt. Um, A a card that I've seen a lot is – Oh, I don't know the name of it. It's the uh, Artifact Elixir of Immortality that lets you <laughs> shuffle your graveyard into your library. And um, uh, I think it draws, does it draw you an extra Yeah. Card? Yeah, you, okay, you don't draw a card, but you gain five life. I've seen people play that card too. Do you feel that people should be putting cards like Negate and Lightning <gasps> Bolt in these decks?
1: Um, I think you generally can't really afford these. If you're playing best of one, you're kind of just de- dedicated to, trying to get this to go off and so you can't afford anything that's maybe like gumming up the works and if you're playing best of three if a card is important enough put four copies of it in your sideboard and board it in when it's necessary uh that's kind of my stance and that's what i did with the the seismic swans deck when i played it in modern was like it's sideboarded into countryside crusher if that um deck was better against whatever i happen to be playing against at the moment
0: sure sure um yeah i am kind of low on this um i i kind of think you really shouldn't uh yeah. In, yeah in the sense of you should be all in on the win con that's why you're playing this deck um you know don't be doing like you said before if you're playing, if if you have to play uh. lightning bolt to win the game, just play lightning bolt deck don't don't try to do something uh gimmicky like this so i i'm kind of i'm very low on this um but some people are doing it, and maybe it's correct i'm going to kind of say it's not um but um yeah. you know that's something to think about. And I think that is going to wrap up our uh, discussion on treasure hunt decks. Are, I, I think you already answered this question, but I'm just going to ask you again. Are you immediately going to run to Arena and spend all your wild cards on uh, cycling lands and build these decks in Arena?
1: I'll leave you to assume that I don't already own all of the cycling lands on Arena. <laughs> um. Yeah,
0: for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of fun to be had. Um, you know, There is... Very few things in magic that feel as good as swinging with, um, you know, a huge horde of zombie tokens to win the game, or hitting your opponent uh, on the very last turn. You had to be alive, hitting them with a Xena flare, and just winning the game out from under them. It's a really good, um, it's a really good feeling when these go off. It's a lot of fun to play, and I hope that we've given you the foundation to have a good time wow. with these decks. Uh, so I think I think it's about time to to wrap this one up. What do you say, Fred?
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Thank you for listening to this episode of Gutshot. You can follow me on Twitter at fredass underscore b. Uh, Will is at aggro rhetoric, and you can follow the show on Twitter at gutshotpod.
0: That is right. This has been Gutshot, the only MTG podcast in the top one percent of Limp Biscuit listeners on Spotify. We'll see you next time.